Mr. J.L.B. Matacone's meeting had not been an easy one. The members of the Benevolent Association are always complaining, he said, as he sat down at the kitchen table. They expect the committee to deal with all their problems, not just one or two problems, but all of them. Some people can be like that, said Marumotswe, as she mashed the potatoes for their shepherd's pie. Perhaps it is because we have become spoiled. We have so much these days that we think it is our due. And I am just the treasurer, said Mr. J.L.B. Matakoni. I have about 27,000 pula in the common good fund at the moment, and so I can't do everything. But they are always asking me to pay for their grandfather's funeral or to cover the school fees of the children of a late mechanic or even to fund people's weddings. They expect all that ma. That is what they ask for. You cannot do it, Ra, said Marumotswe. There is not enough money in Botswana to pay for half the things people want paid for. It just isn't possible. Mr. Jelby Matekoni sighed. Sometimes. I feel like throwing everything in, you know. I feel like getting all the papers together, all the accounts and receipts and so on, and passing it over to the members and saying, Here you are, you do it now. Mara Motswe laughed. Maybe you should just do that, Ra. That would show them. She paused. Maybe, maybe you could take a break. From being treasurer. From everything, she said. You could take a break from being treasurer and... She turned round from the stove to look directly at her husband. And you could take a break from the garage, too. A holiday, in fact. He stared at her, puzzled. Me? He said. Me? Yes. Why not? Everybody needs a holiday at some time. We're not meant to go on working until, until we drop. She uttered the words until we drop, with her heart in her mouth. Men did drop. They dropped rather often and with very little notice, and no woman with a husband should tempt Providence by talking lightly about such things. She knew many men who had dropped, often without the chance to say goodbye to their wives. They just dropped, more or less where they stood. But some of us have to go on working, said Mr. J.L.B. Matakoni. Some of us have to carry on, because if we did not, then everything would come to a stop. What would happen at Tlokweng Road Speedy Motors if I said that I had had enough and was going to stop working? It would come to a grinding halt, ma, and that would be that. It would be Clockwang Road, Speedy Motors, now late, ma. That is what it would be. She took a moment to think about this. What Mr. J.L.B. Matakoni said was probably true. There was Fanwell, of course, who was now a qualified mechanic, even if she and others still called him an apprentice. And there was Charlie who had recently been seconded to the number one ladies' detective agency because there was not enough work for him in the garage. But could either of these, or indeed both together, manage the business in the absence of Mr. J.L.B. Matekoni? She thought not. 
Charlie had always needed close supervision, or he would lose his temper with an engine and start hitting it with a hammer. He would be no use. Fanwell was a much better, much more patient mechanic, but he was reticent in his manner, and it was difficult to see him coping with some of the more assertive customers, particularly those who objected to the size of the bills that had to be issued for servicing or repairing a car. Cars were expensive things, and anything to do with their maintenance was correspondingly costly, even if a garage was modest in its charges. Fanwell was too gentle, she thought, to fight that particular corner. Marramotswe returned to her task, but she had planted a seed in Mr. Jelby Matakoni's mind. He sat in his chair, looking up at the ceiling, drumming his fingers lightly on the table. Then he stood up, crossed to the window and looked out into the yard. It was dark outside, and the light in the kitchen prevented his seeing the stars that hung in great draperies of silver above the land.